tonight. Go ahead and go to Psalms 118 is where we're going to start off tonight. Psalms 118. I want you to really try. I really want you to get this tonight. As sometimes as Christians, as being church people, you know, we kind of have uh, church uh, as church members, as Baptists, we kind of have our own culture, don't we? I think you could say, you know, we've got stuff that we're used to. We've got phrases that we're used to hearing things that maybe we say that those in the world would probably hear and wouldn't really get. They wouldn't they wouldn't understand. We get it. We understand it. Uh, you know, we've got our own slang sometimes, but we also Sometimes we have sayings and things that we say all the time, that we hear people say all the time, that we're comfortable hearing, we're used to hearing those, but those things, when you actually start lining them up with the Bible, they don't really make sense. And we hear people talk all the time about trusting in the Lord, okay? We just sang some songs about trusting in Jesus, and as we were singing those songs, like, man, these songs go with my message, really good words of those songs. They kind of preach a message themselves. But many times people say they are trusting in the Lord. And it's that statement of I'm trusting in the Lord. It's usually followed by a really foolish statement of something that they're doing or not doing. Or it's, it's amazing what we call trusting in the Lord today. And I want to show you tonight really what it really means to trust in the Lord. Okay. Cause sadly, most people think trusting in the Lord is just sitting around and doing nothing. And that is not how you trust in the Lord, just sitting around doing nothing. In Psalms 118, uh, verse, verse 8, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Right there, when they say it's the very center of the Bible, it mentions it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Okay, so that's a pretty general statement right there. Pretty vague, but we hear that all the time. You should trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. We all know that's right, but what does that mean? How do I actually trust in the Lord? What do I have to do to trust in the Lord? Because many today mistakenly believe that trusting God means that you will never fear. Okay? How, how many times have you ever maybe been worried? Uh, you were concerned about something and you're talking to somebody. You know, maybe you're just wanting a little bit of help. You're wanting a little bit of support and they... Uh, say, you know what, you just need to trust in the Lord. All right? You ever heard that before? You know, they're trying to, that's their way of calming you down. And, you know, and that's not always a bad thing. That's not always inappropriate. But the, the truth is, I'm going to show you from the Bible, but if you trust in the Lord, there's going to be quite a few things that scare you. You're going, it's going to actually cause some fear in your life. And I'm going to, you know, there's some things that I fear because I trust in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord does not mean that you will never fear. And I, I know there's probably some verses that you're going to be thinking of while I'm preaching this that refutes what I'm saying. And, you know, go ahead and challenge me with those. I'm going to get to those verses, all right, and show you after I get through this message. But first of all, um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Y'all see that? Noah trusted God, didn't he? And Noah, God told Noah that he was going to send a flood and he was going to destroy the world. And do y'all see what it was that motivated Noah to build the ark? It says he was moved with fear. 
See, it wasn't, you know, people, we get this idea, all right, you know, God told him to build, you know, he went and he boldly, he went and he built that ark. He was being obedient. He wanted to please God. No, I think he wanted to do all that too, but I think he didn't want to drown. He didn't want his family to drown. You see, you know what Noah's problem was? You know why Noah was moved with fear? It was because he believed God. When God said that he was going to send a flood and destroy the earth, and so he better build a boat and get his family in it or they're going to die too, Noah believed God. Noah trusted God. When you know, Have you ever had, maybe with your kids, you have threatened them with something. If you do that again, you're going to get it. And then they do it again and you didn't do anything about it. And what ends up happening is your kids, they end up getting to where they don't trust you. And so they don't always fear you. Okay, But Noah, he trusted God. Therefore, he feared God. He realized, I better do what I've been told to do or I will die. Okay, His trust in God caused him to fear and he ended up, he built that boat. He was moved with fear. He knew what was coming. He believed what God said was going to come was going to come. And so notice the fear that was there. We see in 1 Peter 2.17, it says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And, and I know sometimes fear, it means to you know, just have reverence or respect, but sometimes it means to be scared. We see that in the Bible. In fact, we see, you know, we see many times, we're not going to go to all the verses, but it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, the, of wisdom. We should fear God. We should fear what will happen if we do not listen to Him, if we do not obey Him. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, we, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade man, men, but are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Right there, we see that we ought to fear the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? People have got this attitude, the judgment seat of Christ is going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be a piece of cake. I've heard preachers preach about it. And they'll, they come up with these weird earthly scenarios and situations to make it sound like the judgment seat of Christ. You know, it's all going to be easy. It's all, we're all going to get there and it's just going to be all about Jesus while we're there. And everything that we've done is just going to be completely overlooked. And, you know, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The truth is the only reason we're going to get in is because of Jesus. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's all going to be a walk in the park for us. It's all going to be a piece of cake. The Bible talks about God wiping all, away all tears from our eyes. How can He wipe away tears unless we're crying? You know, there's going to be some sadness that comes with it. Our works are going to be tried by fire. They're going to be burned. I don't know what all that's going to be like. I'm not saying we're going to suffer pain or anything like that, but I believe there will be regret. And the Bible says here that knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. This is one of the ways we motivate people to do right. You're going to stand before God one of these days. And here's the thing. If you trust God, if you believe God, you know, I'm going to stand before him one of these days. And so, you know what? I am now scared of doing certain things. I fear falling into sin. I, I fear those things. I, I'm careful. I watch what I allow in my life. I watch what I do because I understand I'm, ca I'm capable of sin. And you might think that's a cowardly attitude to have, but I'm going to, as we go through here, you're going to see that's the right attitude to have. And not, most people get themselves in trouble because 
they don't fear messing up. They feel like, you know, they don't mind toying with sin and messing with things that, that are dangerous. And it ends up getting them in trouble. That lack of fear. Some fear is good. It's okay to be scared of snakes, especially poison ones. All right. It's okay to be scared of alligators. I'm glad I don't live in Florida. I'm scared of alligators. You know, I, I, I like going to zoos and seeing some of the things that are out there in nature. But I'm always glad when they're behind that glass. And I know they can't get to me. And even though that glass is there, I sometimes think, what if it broke? And I'm checking for cracks and any weakness in there because I'm scared of those things. All right? And uh, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I know those things could take me out. They, they could take me out. They could finish me off. And I, you know, I'd like to go. We're hoping maybe here in this fall to go see the ocean. And I'd love to go swimming in the ocean and all that. But at the same time, they got sharks in the ocean. And they say that's rare. You know, you got better chance of getting hit by lightning than getting eaten by a shark. But let me say, I think that's a stupid statistic. Because here's the thing. Yeah, more people get hit by lightning. But do you realize everybody in the world lives somewhere where you could potentially get hit by lightning? How many people in the world right now are potentially somewhere they can get eaten by a shark? What percentage? All right. A very small percentage of people are swimming in the ocean right now. So, you know, that's a dumb statistic. And so I'm still going to be nervous. I'll, I'll probably do it. But... If I start hearing, dun, 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 you know, if I start hearing that, man, I'm getting out of that water fast. I'm not waiting until I get bit. But anyway, we are, uh, there, some, some fear is okay. Some fear is good. We should fear not only the judgment seat of Christ, we should fear earthly judgment. Okay? It says in Hebrews 10.24, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Okay? The day of Christ. The day when, when we are raptured, we are going to appear after that at the judgment seat of Christ. We see that's going to be the first place we go. We are going to be judged. That is the first thing that's going to happen. As we see the day of Christ coming close, we understand we are going to be judged. And so we're supposed to be motivating each other to do good works. But not only do we need to worry about that and fear that day, but look what it says in verse 26. This is all while we're here on earth. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite under the spirit of grace. You know, for us to do bad, it is so much worse than it was for them in the Old Testament. I mean, we, we, we understand grace now better than they did. Jesus Christ has paid for sins. And for us to take advantage of grace, it is just, it's beyond wicked. We're in trouble. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Okay? Fearful. I am scared of sinning. I'm afraid of what God will do. And the reason I fear what God will do is because I trust the Lord. If he said, I am in trouble... I believe I will be in trouble. When the Lord says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. 
Okay? If ye endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom his father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. I believe I'm a son of God. I call the name of the Lord for salvation. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, because I trust God, when He says that He will chasten every son of me receiveth, I believe that. And therefore, I fear. And my trust in God, my trusting in the Lord, causes me to fear. Now, once again, not all fear is a bad thing. See, these people that are out there that are living in sin, their problem is they don't trust God. They don't believe anything's going to happen to them. They don't believe that one of these days they're going to stand before them and they're going to give an account for the things that they've done in their body. They don't believe that. They're living, they're living in a fairy tale world thinking it's all going to be okay that just one of these days they're just going to boom, get raptured. They're going to just walk right through the pearly gates and everything's going to be all okay. No regrets, all wonderful, all fun. And that's, you know what? If you trust God, you're going to realize there's more to it than that. And it's going to cause you to want to obey Him. It's going to cause you to want to do better for Him. My trust in the Lord, it causes me to fear. Okay? And so, when we trust in God, understand we'll fear Him. We're not going to fear man. Okay? And a lot of the verses about fear in the Bible, it's not about not fearing God. It's about not fearing man. Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things that ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, that, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Okay? Now, when it comes to fearing man, it's okay to say you just need to trust in the Lord. But, a lot of t- but at the same time, our trust in God is going to cause us to fear sometimes because there's things that God promised that are negative for us if we do wrong, if we sin, and therefore we have, if we trust in the Lord, it's going, it's going to cause us to fear. Now, if you're doing right, you got nothing to fear. But at the same time, many people today, they're living in sin. They don't fear God. It's because, and it's because they don't trust in the Lord. And so there are some things that I do, that I do because I'm scared. Okay. And interestingly enough, these things that I'm going to mention to you that I do, because I'm scared, you know, these are things that many people don't do and they don't do them saying it's because they trust in the Lord. See, and, that, and I, want, I want to share some things with you that people say all the time that they say is trusting in the Lord and it's just not. Okay, it's not trusting in the Lord. You are not spiritual when you say these things. Okay, because I trust in the Lord, I buy life insurance. So what? I'm not telling you you have to buy life insurance, all right? For some people, it's really expensive because the insurance companies are pretty sure you're going to die pretty soon, all right? But at the same time, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy, I can get life insurance really cheap, okay? I have a wife, I've got six kids. If something happens to me, I want them to be taken care of. Well, that sounds to me like you're worrying. You know, you just need to trust in the Lord. See, I do trust in the Lord, and that's why I buy life insurance, because it says in the Bible... Hebrews 9.27, as it appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. I believe that verse. I am going to die one of these days. God told me that. Unless the rapture comes, I am going to die. But the Bible doesn't tell me when. 
The Bible doesn't tell me I will live till old age if I do this and this. Sometimes people die young. I mean, just read the newspapers. People die in car wrecks all the time. I mean, they made a TV show like a thousand ways people die. People die all, you know, somebody, I think there was one story where some lady died, you know, shaving her legs. She used a rusty razor or something like that and it caused an infection that ended up killing her. And Like, man, you can't even shave without taking a chance of dying. You know, and the truth is, I believe that I'm it's it's just like I said, once again, I'm not saying biblically you have to buy life insurance, but, you know, some things are just wise. It's just smart to do those things. If you can do that cheap, then you might as well go ahead and do it because I believe God. I believe I'm going to die one of these days. And so I'm going to take advantage of that. I prepare for the future. I, I try to prepare for the future financially. Many people, too, they'll be like, nah, you know, they. They don't save for retirement. You know, they don't, you know, they spend everything they have and they, they, they don't put anything away and they do that. So I'm just going to trust in God. How, how is that trusting in God? See, trusting in God, it will cause you to follow the principles of God's word. You're going to do what God said to do. Okay. In Matthew chapter six, verse 25, people will refer to that passage where it says, take no thought for the morrow. You know, you know, think, uh, you know, don't worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you shall put on. Okay, when it says that, does that mean that we should not prepare for the future? No, that just means don't worry about it. Okay, I shouldn't be sitting around fearing. Oh, am I going to? You know, what am I going to do when I'm sixty or seventy? You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? We we shouldn't be worrying about things that we can't control. Okay. But at the same time, because I trust God, I know that I am going to get old if I don't die. If I don't die early, I'm going to get old. I'm going to get weaker. I'm going to get where I can't do as much work anymore. My wife's going to get older unless she dies early. I mean, all these things, I know they're going to happen. It's just a part of life. And so for to not prepare for those things, that's not trusting in God. It's just being foolish. Okay, because the Bible actually says in Proverbs 6, turn over to Proverbs chapter 6. Because people do, they like, to, they like to take Matthew chapter 6 and read all that and tell you, you know, you, know you, just need to, you just need to trust in the Lord. Well, why can't I do Proverbs chapter 6? Trust in the Lord with that. Look what it says. It says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer. And gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, or a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. An ant, it prepares itself. It goes and it gathers food. It stores up food. It gets itself ready. It prepares itself for the winter. But a sluggard, they're lazy. They're not sitting, they're sitting around. They're not doing anything. And the Bible says, your poverty will come. And so, since I know I'm going to get old, I'm going to get weak, I'm going to get tired, now while I'm young and I've got some energy and I have some strength, I should be trying to prepare for those days. I shouldn't be sitting around worrying about it and obsessing over it. That's what Matthew's talking about. I shouldn't be worrying about things beyond my control. I shouldn't be sitting around worrying, man, is Social Security still going to be here when I turn, get into my 60s? You know, what, what can I do about that? Nothing. I shouldn't take thought for that. Okay? But today, can I go out and work? 
Can I go out and produce something and accomplish something and save something? Yes, today I can do that. And the Bible says that we should do that. The Bible says we should be like the ant. An ant is, they're working hard. You don't see ants, you know, just out playing around and sitting around watching TV and playing a video game. They're just always working. All right, that's, that's what they do. Okay, and we know people here on earth today, young men that sit around watching TV and playing video games. And what happens to these people? Okay, it's not pretty what happens to these people. In fact, what happens to them is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. And so because I trust God, while I am young, while I am able, while I have strength, I'm going to work, I'm going to prepare, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to save. The Bible says uh, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. And, and you got all these people, they'll spend everything they have because they're greedy, because they, you know, they haven't got enough you know, character and determination to save anything, and they say they're trusting in the Lord. But you know what? I believe it's trusting in the Lord when we take verses like, there's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. I believe God. I trust God. If I'm going and just spending everything I have because I want to have a good time, you know, then I'm not trusting in God. But since I believe what his word says and God says that's foolish, I'm not going to do that. So my trust in God, it causes me to do these things. You know, and so preparation for something that we know is coming, that's not worrying. That's just wisdom. Okay? If you do, if you've got money saved for retirement, alright, that doesn't mean you have a lack of faith. It means you have wisdom. You understand that you are getting older every day and you're not always going to be able to work as hard as you are, are now. But another reason I, another thing I do because I trust God, I own guns. But, now, I've heard people say before, oh, I don't have any guns. You know, I, don't you think God can't protect us? You see, and they do. They, act, they get all spiritual because they don't have guns. And I'm going, to, I'm going to show you, I've showed you this before, but I'm going to show it to you again in case you, uh, you weren't here. Look at Numbers chapter 32. Okay, you not having guns and saying you're trusting in God, you don't trust God. If you trust God, you will, you'll, you'll go buy a gun. Alright, look what it says in Numbers chapter 32 verse 20. It says, Moses said unto them, if you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord, until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. We say that all the time. Be sure your sin will find you out. Well, what's that talking about? God told him when you go over there in that land, go armed. And if you don't go armed, you have disobeyed the Lord and your sin will find you out. What's that talking about? Well, God knew when they went over into that land that those people were going to have weapons. And those people would use those weapons. And therefore, they would need weapons to defend themselves and fight back. And, and now listen, we see in the Bible where God did miracles and God did all the fighting. Okay. Did God not do all the fighting in the battle of Jericho? Absolutely. But you know what? Those were miracles, but sometimes God wants us to do something. Sometimes they actually went and they fought and they killed. They, sometimes they were the ones doing it. And right here we see though, 
that basically what God was doing here is he is telling them to exercise common sense. There's an enemy over there and they are going to want to kill you. Therefore, you need to be ready to fight back and defend yourself. God didn't want them just sitting around trusting in him, as people say today. And are there not bad people in our country? Are there not people out there that if they thought they could get away with it, they would come and they would do horrible things to your wife and children? I mean, we have perverts all over this country. We don't deal with them anymore. We don't put them in prison. We don't put them to death. They're walking the streets. And the only thing stopping them many times from coming in your house and doing something is fear of what will happen. There are people, they would, come, they would rob your house. They would, do, they, would, they would do whatever, but they know in America, a lot of people have guns. That's one of the blessings about being in a rural area like we're in. I mean, a lot of people have guns out here. I mean, we're a small community, but we've got a lot of gun stores around here. And I'm thankful for that. I like that. I think that's good. In a lot of cities and a lot of countries, there is a lot more robbery and stuff that goes on over there because guns are illegal. People don't have them. But thank God we live in, we, you know, we still have some freedom to carry. Okay. I need to get my conceal and carry permit. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm not trusting in the Lord by not getting that thing. I, I need to, I need to go and I need to pay the, stupid tax or fee that you got to do to get it and take the classes and all that. I got to go do all those things to get my certificate to uh, exercise a right that the Second Amendment already gave me. But that's Illinois, the communist state of Illinois that we live in. But here's the thing. I trust God. And we see in the Bible that there's bad people in the world. There's wicked people. There are evil people. We know that, Okay. And for us to just act, just to do nothing, and then say that's trusting in the Lord, that, that's just foolish. Okay? Now, listen, if God called me to be a missionary to a country where you weren't allowed to have guns, you know, then my way of trusting in the Lord is going to be, you know, getting whatever kind of club or, you know, weapon uh, that's legal over there. Okay? Sometimes, you know, I mean, if you really trust in the Lord, why don't you just quit locking your car? Why don't you just quit locking the doors on your house? You know, when you leave, just, yeah, just leave it, you know, leave, open your windows, open your doors. Don't, you know, just trust in the Lord that it won't get robbed. No, that's just foolish. There's bad people out there. We know that. And so we just exercise common sense. And I, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of people saying that. Next person that tells me that they're just going to trust in the Lord, you know, they're not get guns because of that. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to get mad. <laughs> I, I, I get tired of hearing. I get tired of hearing those things. It doesn't make sense. But you know, and just because God can perform miracles, it doesn't mean we should purposefully put ourselves in a place where we need one. Okay, remember what Satan did to Jesus? He tried to tempt him. He tried to get him to jump from the pinnacle of the temple. And he brought up a verse in the Bible that you know he'll send his angels. You know, they'll bear thee up if thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus said, "Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." Now Jesus wasn't even going to put he wasn't going to put himself in a position where he needed a miracle, especially just to prove a point. And just because you got a bunch of you know communist liberal friends that you don't want to offend by having a gun, uh, you know you're trying to impress those people and saying that's trust the Lord. No, you're tempting God. Hey, I understand if you can't afford a gun. Uh, I understand that, but you know, 
You can get them cheap some places. You know, there's guys that sell them out in the street. No, I'm just kidding. No, don't, 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 don't do that. I don't want you, I don't want you to get in trouble with the law. But let me tell you, just you doing nothing, you doing nothing is never trusting God. That's not trusting God. Get that out of your head. But you know, another reason I trust God, or one of the things I do because I trust God, I go soul winning. There's a lot of different things I could talk about, but I go soul winning many times out of fear. Because I trust God. See, I believe the Bible when it says, if people don't get saved, they will go to hell. I believe that. I believe that when I'm knocking on these people's doors, that if they don't get saved, they will go to a literal hell. And that, that, I fear that. You know, I fear, I fear that for my family. You know, ever since we started our family 16 years ago, and we started having kids. I thought, you know what? I need to stay right with God. I need to keep my family in church. I need to keep them around the things of God because I feared them not getting saved. And I believe that if my kids didn't, didn't get saved, they would die and go to hell. I believe God. And that fear has helped keep me in line. And so I do. I trust God. I believe if people don't get saved, they're going to die and go to hell. And Jesus said, and so I, because I trust God, I, I go soul winning. I go knocking doors. Jesus said, if they call, they will be saved. If they don't, if they don't believe, they will go to hell. And, you know, uh, we, you know, there's the Calvinists, all right? I've always, you know, had some problems with that group. I, I get on them every now and then. But, you know, I, I was, we were talking about this the other day, and just kind of a question I have for Calvinists. And, you know, I, I'd like to get the, you know, put this out there and just ask them this. I'm not trying to be mean. I just, I want to know what their thinking is. All right. I want to know. I'm asking because I want to know. All right. Not, I'm not asking to be a jerk. I'm not trying to trick them. But does God have to have a preacher for someone to get saved? All right. Think about that for a minute. Does God have to have a preacher for someone to get saved? Because see, I think I think we all would agree. I think uh, we would agree with this. Calvinists agree. I know Calvinists think this that no one can get saved without being drawn by God. Okay, one of their favorite verses, John six forty four, says, "No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up the last day." Okay, obviously, and then the Calvinists they believe that God just at His desire regenerates people. And they, if they call on the Lord, it's because God gave them that at that moment. And so, um, you know, that's what they teach. And they'll use verses like that. God does that. But at the same time, it says in John chapter six or 12, verse 32, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So the Bible says that God will draw all... He was lifted up from the earth. He did die on a cross. He will draw all men unto Him. The Bible says in Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, and then it says, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Y'all see that? You cannot believe in the Lord Jesus Christ unless you hear. And you can't hear without a preacher. Alright? And so, I think we have to agree that no one can get saved without a preacher. So, is it possible that God could draw someone to... This is a question for Calvinists, you know. Is it possible that God could draw someone to salvation 
and that person not get saved because there wasn't a preacher? See, they act like it's just all God by himself, but the Bible shows that there has to be a preacher for someone to get saved. And that, this is the thing, too. You know, I believe in women preachers. So what? what? I don't believe in women pastors. All right, I don't, but women, when my wife, she led, uh, she led a guy to the Lord last week out soul winning. You know how she did it? She preached the gospel to him. Amen. All right, anytime you're, you know, you can, you know, you can, women preach all the time. Kids can preach. You know, Brother Mark, Brother Steve, you preached the gospel to some people yesterday and they got saved. It, that, that's preaching the gospel. They, people cannot get saved, obviously without God drawing them, but they have to have a preacher too. And here's the thing, the Bible, because I trust God, okay, and I be, because I believe God, He said they won't call without a preacher, and God in His sovereign will, He commissioned us to go, didn't He? And I am capable of being disobedient. I'm capable of that. And so, because I trust God, I refuse to do nothing. I believe God. I believe if people call, they'll be saved. But I also believe that they can't call unless they hear and they can't hear without a preacher. I also see in the Bible where I can be disobedient to God. I have that capability and therefore my trust in God is going to move me with fear to get off my behind and get out there and do whatever I can to witness the people. I'm going to use whatever tool I can, whether it be through the radio, whether it be through you know putting sermons on the internet, whatever I can do to help get the message out there, to get my voice out there, to get people to listen to me, whatever I can do, I'm going to do that because people hear, and if they don't hear, they're going to die and they're going to go to hell. I believe that. And that fear, it motivates me to do something. If I'm Calvinist, and I just believe that God's going to save whoever He wants no matter what I do, then where's the fear? You know, where, where's the fear of the consequences of disobedience? We see that there are consequences for not doing things right. And so, you know, I, I don't get this. And I don't hear Calvinists while they talk all about, you know, God drawing and God's part. They never talk about our part. And it's very clear we play a part. How can they hear without a preacher? You've got you've got to have that. So, you know, I because I trust God, I refuse to do nothing. My trust in God it gets me up, it gets me out there, it it gets me busy, it gets me in my Bible. Because I believe God, I refuse to do nothing. Because I trust God, if I've got a lost family member, I'm not just going to sit around and pray and say, Lord, I just trust you that you'll save them. No, that's not trusting God. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go witness to them. I'm going to go do whatever I can to try to win them to the Lord because I trust God. The Bible doesn't say if you want somebody to get saved, you just hope, pray that God saves them. You know, it tells us to go preach the gospel to them. You know, take it, you know, take the gospel to them. My trusting in God, it causes me to do something. It causes me to be a witness. But you know what? Another thing that people do all the time, they say that this isn't trusting in God, but it's total opposite. You know, I fear the tribulation because I trust God. I say, what? All right. And this is where it's all going to start making sense. All right. I'm going to get into some of these verses I know you all have been thinking of. All right. People do. They get this attitude of, no, we shouldn't be scared of anything. Listen, because I trust God, I fear tribulation. I fear not being ready. God gave us all kinds of warnings. We're not going to go through all of them about being ready. 
We're supposed to be ready. We're supposed to be watching. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. It's such an hour as you think. All right, the Lord cometh. We're supposed to be ready. And you know what? It's possible for me not to be ready, isn't it? It's possible for me to backslide. It's possible for me to get away from God. And I don't want that to happen. I'm not afraid of what the tribulation has to offer. I'm afraid of me not being ready. Me not doing my part. I'm not afraid that God's not going to take care of me and that God's not going to be with me. I'm afraid of me just messing up because I'm capable of messing up. I fear not preparing others. You know, as a pastor, I fear that I might, you know, I get scared and buckle to the pressure of telling everybody, nope, you have nothing to worry about. You know, war could come back anytime. We're out of here before the tribulation. You know, I could buckle to the pressure of that. I mean, there's strong forces at work right now trying to stop people from preaching what I'm preaching on that end. I could give in to that stuff and just go along to get along. But then I failed at my job as a pastor. As a Christian, I have failed. I'm capable of that. I'm capable of failing. I fear failing under persecution. Oh, you just need to trust, you just need to trust in the Lord. Yes, this is how I trust in the Lord. I believe that persecution is going to come. I believe if I'm backslidden, if I'm disobedient to God, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. The Bible warned us about all these things that are going to come and the fear of those things. It motivates me to stay close to God so I won't fail. You all see what I'm saying here? All right. This isn't this isn't because because I trust in God. It moves me with fear like Noah. Noah wasn't afraid that God wasn't going to protect him in the ark. You know, Noah was, Noah's afraid. What if I get lazy and quit? You know, what if, you know, what if I don't do what I'm supposed to do? Noah believed that what God said was going to come was going to come and that fear kept him obedient to God. And because there's things that God has warned us about, that, that fear that causes a fear in me that motivates me to actually trust God and not sit around with a good, warm, fuzzy feeling, but it causes me to do what God's called me to do. My fear of my flesh is what causes me to trust in God. I hope you're getting this. All right? I hope I'm not making myself look like a coward tonight. All right? I don't want to do that. But listen, many people mistakenly put confidence in their flesh. I can handle it. I can handle persecution. I can handle tribulation. Bring it on. Well, you know, Philippians 3, 3 says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Y'all see that? No confidence in the flesh. I don't have any confidence in my flesh. I'm not going to go put myself in tempting situations. Well, I don't have any confidence in this flesh. I don't know what I might do if I'm in a compromising situation. The Bible says, flee youthful lust. Flee. Run. Oh, I'm not going to run. It'll make me look like I'm scared. Well, you know what? You should be scared. You should be afraid of youthful lust. I still love the saying Brother Lonnie gave me one day when he, I was talking about running. He's like, you know, I'm not going to do any running unless someone's chasing me. <laughs> and I, I, I thought that was pretty good. But you know, the devil, he's chasing after us. He's trying to tempt us with sin. And the Bible says to flee. Flee youthful lust. Flee. I, that could get me in trouble. That's a temptation for me. I'm going to run from that. Why, why are you going to run? Because I trust God. He said to run from those things. And so I'm going to run because I believe Him. Because I trust Him. I have no confidence in my flesh. 
and you see these people that go around, they go around beating their chest. I'm not afraid of nothing. I'll do whatever God says to do. I've got, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, you know that, I remember somebody else in the Bible that had that attitude. Peter. Remember Peter? He had confidence in himself that he would not deny Christ. Jesus told the disciples, y'all are going to forsake me. Not me. I'm not going to forsake you. Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. No, I'm not. No, there is no way I would do that. But guess what? Peter did it, didn't he? You know what Peter should have done? Peter should have trusted Jesus. When Jesus said, y'all are going to, you know, you're, you're going to deny me. He should have right then stopped and said, you know, Lord, deliver me from that. Don't, don't. Don't allow, don't allow me to do that. You know, Lord, you know, what, what can I do to keep from doing that? But his problem was when Jesus told him that, he didn't believe him. He had confidence in him, confidence in his flesh, and he fell flat on his faith. faith. He failed miserably. If he would have trusted the words of Jesus, he'd have been at Jesus' feet begging for him to do whatever he had to do to stop him from doing that. But he didn't. He trusted in himself. And so you see, when I say I fear these things, it's not because I'm not I'm afraid God's not going to do his part, but I believe his word It's capable that we can fall into sin if we don't trust him, if we don't stay close to him, if we do not obey him, we can get ourselves in big trouble. And so fear, it motivates me to study the word of God, to find out what God wants me to do. I fear, you know, preaching false doctrine. And so it causes me to study the Word of God. You know, Lord, am I right? Am I sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do? You know, Lord, show me from Your Word. I don't want to mess this up. Lord, You've given me a responsibility. Lord, You've called me to be the pastor of this church. I don't want to mess that up. I'm scared. Not of of me. Because I am capable of failing and so, when I read something in the Bible that I don't necessarily understand, like, agree with, what I do, instead of trusting in me, and well, you know what? That's not what the Bible really means. You know what? I'm just going to trust God. And I'm going to preach it anyway. Hey folks, this is what the Bible says. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I don't necessarily like it either. But it's what the Bible says. I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust God. See, and Peter did, he messed up because of that. So you might say, but well, wait a minute, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Alright, I've been waiting for you to throw that one at me. Go ahead and turn over there. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's read, it. Let's read a verse before that and the verses after that. Okay? First Peter, or 2, or 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You all see, this passage proves what I've been saying the whole time. We as Christians, we don't need to fear anything out there. Okay? When he says God has not given us the spirit of fear, he's saying, he's saying that because it would be easy for us to look at Paul, who's a prisoner, and say, I'm scared of that. I'm scared of being a prisoner. I'm scared of persecution. I'm scared of what the world can do to me. But notice Paul, he was not scared of those things. He was a prisoner, yet he still had that spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. But I'm going to tell you right now, we know Paul had a very healthy fear of God. Paul was not scared one bit of what anybody else could do to him. I mean, all the times he got beat with a whip, the time I mean, he got stoned, he got all these things happening. They were always throwing him in prison. I mean, he was running for his life many times, but yet he was not scared of those people. What motivated Paul to do the things that he did? How could Paul take a beating and then go preach the gospel again? He was more scared of God than he was them. And that spirit of fear that God has not given us, it's, it's fear of the world. Fear of what they can do. We see all over the Bible, we're supposed to fear God. Okay? And I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared of the world. I'm scared of me giving into the world and messing up if I don't stay close to God. But Paul, notice what he said there in verse 12. He says, For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. God will keep me. God will protect me. Paul knew he was okay as long as he stayed close to God. His trust in God his, and his fear of God, it kept, him, it kept him in line. It didn't keep him out of prison. It didn't keep him from getting beat. But you know what? It kept him obedient. And that's what we ought to fear is being disobedient. That is possible. If we're not careful, we will let fear of persecution stop us from doing what we're supposed to do. Well, you know what? I understand fearing persecution, but we ought to fear God a whole lot more. I fear, you know, I, yeah, I'm concerned the way I preach that, you know, the wrong person is going to hear it one of these days and they're going to try to cause trouble. Okay? But you know what? I'm not going to trim my message because of that. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to stop putting my, my sermons online. So people need to hear this stuff. I want people to know that you know know where I stand. I want them to know that there's somebody out here in Illinois that's not afraid to preach the truth. And you know what? I'm while yeah, I don't want to deal with junk. I'm not asking for persecution, but at the same time, I'm not going to hide because I'm much more scared of getting God mad at me than I'm getting the world mad at me. And so you know what? I'm just going to keep shouting it from the housetops. I'm going to keep on telling it like it is, and because. I do. I fear God. I trust God. And I believe Him. And so we as Christians, we don't need to fear anything out there. There's clearly dangers in the world. God can protect us from all those things. But one of the ways God protects us is by giving He's, he's given us His Word. He's told us how to live our lives. He's told us if we obey it, these things can help us to avoid a lot of trouble. And trusting in the Lord 
is not sitting around doing nothing with a good feeling. That is not trusting God. Trusting God is believing in His Word and doing what it says to do. It's not you walking around feeling almighty, pounding your chest. No, that, 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 that doesn't mean you trust in God. That means you trust in yourself. Your trust in God should cause you to fear Him. He does not give idle threats. And that trust in Him also is going to motivate you that when He tells you to do something, it means you should do it. If He says there will you know, be rewards in heaven, I believe I'm going to do it. If He says there's going to be punishment on earth for something, you believe it. You're not, you're, you're not going to do that. You know, trusting in God, it is. it's a motivator. It causes fear just like it did with Noah. And get this out of your head that trusting God is when you're just able to sit around and feel good. And no, that's not what it is. Fear is a strong motivator. Trusting God means you're going to get out there and you're going to get busy and you're going to do what He said to do. So with that, let's all stand together.